Welcome to PR360, where every week the brightest minds in public relations, communications, and media discuss the topics and trends you need to know about. PR360 was produced in partnership with Global Results Communications. Now here's your host, Todd Perry. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to PR360. With me today on the show is Annie Scranton. She started Pace PR as a solopreneur in 2010, and since uh, it has grown into a multi-million dollar international business that represents clients like Hint Water, Fast Company, Albert, Consensus, and others. Prior to forming PPR, Annie worked for nearly a decade as a seasoned television producer, booking for major networks such as CNN, Fox News, CNBC, MSNBC, and ABC. Annie's also had experience writing for various outlets, including the Asbury Park Press, Huntington Post, Law 360, PR News, and many others. Uh, On today's show, Annie's going to share tips and tactics to build your business through thought leadership. Did I miss anything there, Annie? Uh, No, I think you got it. Thank you for such a nice intro. No problem. Um, We want to be thorough. Uh, (laughs) People know they're dealing with here. Uh, so I guess we just get to the big question to start off. Uh, what is your definition of thought leadership? Thought leadership is when an individual puts themselves out in the media or out to their own network, doesn't necessarily have to be in a, in a media-facing setting, um, in a subject matter expert capacity. So okay. it's when you take your industry expertise, and you share your viewpoints in a public-facing manner. Okay. Uh, seems pretty basic. It's like, you know, when I'm watching TV and there's an earthquake and they have the uh, gal from Caltech that comes on that always knows everything about every earthquake, and she's the thought leader in that field. Uh, how does that translate to helping one's business? Especially, I guess, I guess you can relate it to uh, Pace PR that you've created. Yeah. So when an individual or most of the times that individual is the founder or CEO of a company, um, when they, for example, go on CNN and speak in a, a subject matter expert capacity on whatever the news story du jour is, it automatically um, gives them a weighted legitimacy and credibility that only earned media can really do. Um, So it puts them in sort of a different class um, for when when, um, there are prospective uh, clients or customers out there, it would sort of put them in a different category and sort of give them uh, an edge, a competitive edge, I would say, in terms of attracting those customers and clients. And it it, it helps to just sort of um, raise their overall brand awareness as well. Um, a lot of times uh, it's more difficult for a company, particularly if the company is not necessarily super sexy or that widely known yet, it's a lot harder to sometimes get press for the company or for the brand. But if the founder or the CEO has a really impressive background and is is a legitimate expert in their field, should there be a news story or something trending that aligns with their area of expertise, we found at Pace PR, it's often easier to get 
that aspect of press sometimes over the press for the company. Are there some ways in which somebody, let's say they are, I don't know, you, you were saying something like not so sexy, right? Uh, someone <laughs> said maybe it was like they were the CEO of a company that did a lot of like electrical work, right? But they could position themselves as a thought leader and, and cast a wider net and build PR for their company by maybe... You know, there was a power outage somewhere. There was some kind of national disaster. I don't know why I keep going to national disasters as uh, <laughs> reasons, but then they can kind of widen the net and then to the, bring their brand into the focus in their company. Would that be one way to do it? That, that, that's exactly right. And, you know, I should note, if the CEO of an electrical company went on Fox News to talk about a huge power grid outage that was happening that interview, in all likelihood, would not actually lead to new customers because mm. that's not what this segment is about, right? It's about right. a very important news story. But what smart marketing and comms professionals do is they then take the link, the clip of that interview, and they use it in their own marketing materials and um, targeted ads and social media campaigns to target new customers that way. Because um, people, customers now really want to connect with the brand, but also they want to connect with the owner, with the founder of the brand. Um, and and it's really changing because it, it, even so, just staying with like an electrical company, you would never think, oh, well, I know who's like the CEO of my electrical company. That's probably going to change because even just sticking in that industry, people want to have cleaner energy. They want to go off the grid. They want to do this. They want to do that. And so um, people are searching for brands that they can really align with and feel um proud to sort of work with and be a customer of. So that would be how you could then utilize that clip um, to the company's advantage. Okay. It kind of reminds me, I used to work for a uh, advertising agency called Wingman Advertising. I was a copywriter there. And they were famous because they their uh, big client was Sit and Sleep, which is a big Los Angeles area mattress company. And Larry would always be out there, you know, we'll beat anybody's price or your mattress is free, right? But then when they wanted to change the conversation around mattresses and do something a little more educational, he was right out front. And people trusted him because he was Larry the Mattress Guy. And he got to say, hey, look, it's best for your sleep health if you get X amount of hours. And so I guess, would that be a good example of someone taking their thought leadership in certain ways and connecting it with people to change opinion? Or that, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, because let's face it, every business is continually evolving and growing and adding in new revenue streams and, you know, ad adapting with the times. And so honestly, it's just a smart strategy for almost any business owner or any founder to take part in um, for that very reason. It's going to likely lead to opening doors or to partnerships that maybe you weren't even thinking of or weren't even on your radar before you started engaging in this new type of um, behavior. Uh, what are five simple tips that you have for growing businesses through uh, thought leadership? Or just some basic tips. It doesn't have to be five. It just to be, which, which, which ones are your go-to? Yeah, sure. Um, so for, first and foremost, LinkedIn, for sure, I think, is the place for founders and business owners and, and really any professional to practice their own thought leadership. Um, 
I often say it doesn't, you don't have to be the owner of a company or a major founder to practice thought leadership. Um, if you are a working professional, then you have an area of expertise and you can put out your own um, thought leadership on on your industry. So LinkedIn, I think, is the best marketing tool for that that I've found. Um, I generally would recommend posting on LinkedIn once or twice per week. Um, and those posts can be either recent wins that you're celebrating um, from your profession, from your job. But also, I would encourage everybody to follow industry news. And then when you see a news article or a trend or something you've you've found and you have an opinion on it, then use LinkedIn as your first step to share that opinion, you know, share the news article and then say, I agree with what so-and-so did in this article, or I disagree with what they did, and here's why, and lay out your case for it. By doing that, it's sort of just like getting you set up for the behavior of how a thought leader acts. And it's okay. the most simple way, right? You're at your computer, you're at your desk. Um, it's, it's, a, it's low risk, right? To do, to engage in that. Um, from there. Real quick. Um, do you know of anybody specifically who, who is doing LinkedIn really well that people should follow? Um, I, I know a, a lot of people I think who are doing it really well, but um Tanya Dua, I just um, I just interviewed this morning. She is actually a tech reporter for LinkedIn News, um, which I don't know if people realize, but LinkedIn has their own news section. So she's a reporter um, covering the news, but she's putting herself out there as a thought leader by promoting her newsletter, by promoting her podcast, by promoting her various interview series, um, and by sharing, like curating and then sharing different points of views um, from the different area, topic areas that she covers. Um, and I think that's kind of fascinating to think of like a reporter also behaving as a thought, as a thought leader in that capacity. Um, right. So she would be one that I would recommend. Um and then when you have a great um, post that you've written on LinkedIn, it um, the next step in sort of thought leadership would be to see if you can elongate that and extrapolate it into an op-ed or a, an opinion piece. Um, and then you can try your own hand at seeing if you can pitch that to a newspaper or a digital news outlet and having them publish it. Because if oh. you can get your your thought leadership published in an earned media capacity and a news outlet, um, that third-party endorsement is going to validate all of those previous LinkedIn posts and kind yeah. of say to the world, okay, well, now guess what? The Wall Street Journal thinks I'm good enough to publish my thoughts or you know, the Huffington Post thinks I'm good enough to, to publish my thoughts. So those would be some of my initial ideas. Yeah, it lends a, a tremendous amount of credibility to the to the person to have that what are some of the things that you've seen not work when people are trying to develop a reputation for being a thought leader um it never works if you're disingenuous so um you know i think a lot of times clients that i've worked with over the years can kind of like get the media bug meaning mm. they just 
they got a taste of what it's like to do a live TV interview or to be quoted in an article and they sort of feel the love and like, you know, people reaching out to them from it. And that can sometimes lead to those types of clients maybe taking too many opportunities almost to post or to put themselves out there and and almost like trying to create having a provocative opinion about a new story when perhaps that's not actually how they really feel, but they just think, oh, I bet if I write it this way, this is going to get a lot of, you know, buzz or a lot of people talking about it. So um, that, that, that never works. I think people can, can really see through that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, you, see, you know, and people lose their credibility as speakers and, and leaders in the the business that they do because they start putting themselves also in front of the brand. You know, that they're well, trying it, to exactly. I mean, you know, it's like when doctors take the Hippocratic oath: first, do no harm. You know, and that's kind of like always the mantra. I think of any PR professional, you need to really understand your client's business and all of their stakeholders. Um, so that way in every piece of communication and press or pitch that you're putting out there, you're, um, you're keeping that in mind. So that way you're not going to do more harm than good. And I think it's the same concept with, um, with thought leadership, which honestly can be tricky sometimes um, when you, you know, have customers presumably who maybe have have two different points of view when it comes to politics, you know, mm-hmm. or some like various hot button issues. So it's a good idea to really take that 360 look at all of your stakeholders and keep that in mind when you're practicing your thought leadership because you don't want to alienate one group of your of your potential customers. Yeah, I was just thinking I whenever I see like they have like the the my pillow guy, right? And he 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 really inserted himself into the political conversation over the last couple of years and aggressively so. But then I thought to myself, I mean it it's it's a cynical play to just play to, you know, one uh, you know, to a partisan audience. But in some ways can I wonder, can that expand someone's market for a product by just by really becoming beloved in certain political spheres? I wouldn't imagine yeah. it's a best practice, but I, I think you said it. I, I I don't know that I would advise that, and I'm not sure that on a personal level or for my company, I would want to be aligned on either side of the aisle if somebody yeah. you know what went about that tactic. Um, and I don't know for sure, but I feel like my pillow does well and like yes. is continues to do well, and um, you know there's something there's something there. I mean, it's no secret that Fox News and other conservative media outlets have very strong and loyal followings. Um, We've seen it ourselves when we have clients who go on Fox or go on another conservative network. they they'll they sell out of their products after they do an interview because their websites are crashing. That is different sometimes than going on, you know, other forms of media. So mm-hmm. um I don't think he was he wasn't dumb in doing what he's doing, but it was a bold move, that's for sure. Right. You're talking about credibility earlier. And it's somebody who's mm-hmm. just getting into thought leadership um that may not be quite of that level yet to be an obvious thought leader on, on on any topic. Maybe they're younger in their career, or they're just 
trying to get their legs. Do you think that one can take a fake it till you make it approach to thought leadership or you, do you genuinely have to have the goods uh, to make it? I think you can, you can, you don't have, you can start at any level um, with thought leadership. When I teach at NYU, I tell all my students, you all are thought leaders. You're studying this. You know, you have the perspective that a lot of other people don't have. You're young, you're a student, you know, you haven't even, you have this view of the world that is different from, from many other people, um, uh, out there. So it is something that you can kind of fake it till you make it, but it has to be rooted in something real, meaning it's not enough to put out a LinkedIn post that says, I disagree with, you know, the decision XYZ company made. I, I think it's a dumb move. Well, no, mm-hmm. tell me why. Tell me why it's a dumb move and back it up with either a statistic that you found that 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 supports your thesis or back it up with something you learned in class, you know, or a mm-hmm. theory that you learned in school. It, it could be something as simple as that, but the more real life experience you do have, the easier it will be to sort of connect those dots and um, sub- support your your theories. Uh, as somebody who was a producer for news for a very long time, what was your tactics that you used to win out, uh, go out and find thought leaders on a story? Oh, uh, well, a, f- a, a few different strategies, but um, the first was I was always kind of like a networker and I was always out and about meeting people. So I did a lot of it on my own um, just by taking time to meet my guests that I would book, go out with them, you know, ask them for other introductions, go to events, et cetera, et cetera. Um, A lot of it is done for producers and bookers by looking at who's quoted in online articles, you know, or who's quoted in the newspaper that you're reading at your desk. That's a way to find um, great guests. But really, I think doing your own research is, um, is, is the best way to go about that. But then certainly, you know, when it comes to television in particular, you have to make sure you could find maybe the best, most, um, you know, um, the, the best, the best expert possible, the one with the most sort of background to back up their point of view. Um, but if they're not a good talker on TV, mm-hmm. then they're not going to make a good guest on TV. Um, so you have to spend time connecting with them on the phone or zoom and making sure, yeah, that they're, that they're actually going to, um, kind of deliver the performance aspect that producers and, and the hosts are looking for. Right. Because sometimes someone who's an expert, maybe a little eggheady and uh, may not come off on TV as well as other people. Right. Um, how can people who want to be thought leaders, put themselves in a position to be discovered. Uh, we were, you were talking earlier about you know being quoted in different publications. What are some other ways mm-hmm. that, let's say, you know, I want to become the next great podcasting thought leader, um, that I'd be the guy that they call to go on to uh, CNN to, to talk about uh, ad rates or something. <laughs> you know? well, uh, yeah, totally. Well, you, you have to generate content. Um, so by generating uh, content, hopefully you have your own website. That's step number one. Then okay. number two on your website, 
um, upload as much written and video content and audio content as possible um, because the more content you have, the more Google allows you to be searched, um, you know, on, on the web. Um, a tactic that we employ for Pace PR is we invest in SEO, search engine optimization, um, and it, it works amazing. We are by no means the largest PR agency in New York, um, not even close, but we're on page one of Google when you search NYC PR firms um, because of our investment in SEO and creating that content out there. Um, and then the last thing that you could definitely do is find relevant industry trade publications and pitch yourself to contribute articles um, for quotes, you know, as a, a profile feature. Um, all of those ways are going to sort of help to f- make you be discoverable, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, some of it takes a little bit of, of financial commitment to it, but a lot of it you can do on your own as well. Well, that's great. Um, let's see here. Uh, as the owner of a PR firm, and you also have a background in journalism, uh, does the journalistic experience give you a, I would say, a unique superpower uh, to do your job? Or is, or is it something that's kind of shared by more people, that more people transition over to the PR side of things? or I mean, there's definitely, it's definitely a common transition to go from journalism into PR, um, mostly just because you can make more money, I think, doing PR and the hours are better. Um, You know, you don't have to necessarily work holidays or till midnight or, you know, on weekends, et cetera. Although sometimes I guess you do. Um, But yes, I definitely think it gave me an edge because I was a journalist and I, therefore I know how they think. I know the kinds of deadlines that are under. I know what makes a good pitch um, and sort of just all of the elements of how a newsroom works. Um, so I absolutely think that that gives me an edge. Again, when I teach at NYU, I always say, if you can get any internship in, in news, um, take it because that training will help you for your career in, in PR for sure. Um And, you know, the main part of what we do at Pace is we're pitching the media. We're a media relations shop. So um, it's our job to be as well-versed as possible in the media. So keeping up to speed on all of the shows, all of the different sections of a newspaper or website um, and maintaining and forming those relationships, but in a real and genuine and authentic way um, that I would have appreciated when I was a journalist is definitely, I think, part of what makes us successful. Wonderful. So uh, as we finish things up here, what are you looking forward to in 2023 for Pace? Uh, well, we I'm looking forward to growing the business. We had our best year yet in 2022. Um, we've already made two new hires this year so far, which is really exciting. Um, but we're actually looking to grow our own thought leadership division um, oh. and and sort of look into ways that we are able to scale it and sort of offer it off offer it up into different segmented services for based okay. on the needs of different clients. Um, so really looking forward to that work ahead. Wonderful. Well, you know, it's been a real pleasure, Annie, speaking with you today. And uh, if there's anything you'd like to leave our audience with, the best way to get in touch, where to follow you on LinkedIn, uh, 
go for it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn pretty easily, Annie Scranton. And um, my uh, PR agency is Pace Public Relations, which you can also find us on LinkedIn or at PacePublicRelations.com. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to PR360 Podcast. I'd like to thank Annie Scranton for joining us for a great discussion on thought leadership. I know I certainly learned a lot. PR360 was produced by Todd Perry in partnership with Global Results Communications. Be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review wherever you get podcasts. Follow GRC on all socials at Global Results. Follow Todd on Twitter at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Talk to you next week.